Sten Morgan here. I hope you're doing well. I want to announce that we are launching the How to Be an Elite Advisor course. We are combining all of our best teachings and ideas into a course that you can complete in less than a week. I want to share with you the best ideas that I implement within my practice that have helped me achieve more than I ever thought possible. I want to share how I have unique meetings with clients. What's the mindset of an elite advisor? How do you prospect in a way that'll separate you from other advisors? At the Elite Advisor Network, we reject average. I want to help you see what your full potential is and reach it faster. Set time aside this week to take the course. Click on the link or go visit gobeelite.com. I'll talk to you soon. Sten Morgan here with Andy Traub, uh, podcast Becoming Elite Financial Advisor. Today, we are going to talk about solving small problems as a concept and how that applies to your business, but also with clients. So I think that we want to be helpful. We teach that. We want to, we want to be about ideas. We want to provide value right out of the gate. Values first, prospecting. The way that you earn trust is by adding value as quickly as possible. And, you know, there's there's so many different aspects of a person's financial life, and some of them are really big, and some of them are smaller, more, I would say, behavioral uh, ideas and concepts. And you've taught our advisors in our community a lot about this idea that that small problems are easy to generally find and to address, yep. but they become a distraction or a trap, and they really fundamentally don't help you grow your business that much. That's right. So maybe differentiate, like, what is a small problem and, and, and how does that show up in a person's business? And how is that maybe hurting them when it comes to, you know, trying to get a, a prospect's attention? We all have to, human nature exists for our clients just as it does for us in our everyday life and as business owners. And I think this is a really timely episode that you've probably set some goals at the end of last year. Maybe you got into them a little bit in January and February, but there's a chance now that they've kind of just, you're back to the same old thing. Yeah. That you got excited about some goals that caused you to move some things around the table, but you didn't get a new table. And so we challenge advisors, like what's the thing this year? What's the boulder you're going to push that's actually big that makes you uncomfortable? One risk that a lot of advisors fall into is uh, processes and systems. While it's really important, that is a black hole of time. Oh, okay. Like, is, are your clients complaining? So Pro- you're saying, just let me pause real quick. So you're saying a small problem in your business might be something, some tweak in your process or system. Yep. And you're saying, you know, it's March, it's April, and you're like, oh, let me go back and look and see if I can solve this small problem within our office with our fact finder or something like that. But the risk is, is you don't know it's a small problem. It's, it's small in the fact that it's a distraction, but it's not big enough that you're probably going to see it through to innovate it. And so for advisors to know that we're capable of that too, meaning okay. we're going to find something to do, but it may not be meaningful and we're not going to follow through with it. And so that's in our practice and we need to be aware of that. When we meet with clients, we have to be aware of this phenomenon in their world as well, okay. saying that if we try to solve a small problem, if we bring attention to, hey, you know, you have this mutual fund in your investment account. Do you know if you moved it from here to here, the expense ratio would go down by 0.01% and that would save you $600 a year. They may not remember that at all because is a $600 solve worth them stopping their world, coming back to meet with you next week? Probably not. And so the idea of if we can internalize as business owners and advisors, we have to find and solve big problems because there's always the biggest problem for somebody. 
And as we're meeting with somebody and whiteboarding and quantifying, if we're doing an idea and you're like, wow, this idea is not that important. Like I'm trying to force on them to spend a bunch of time and energy to save $1,500. I got to find something bigger. Right. Let me, let me ask you something. We haven't talked about this. So curveball. Um, if you find out, if you're in a meeting with somebody, you figure out they're, they have no insurance. They, 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 they're the sole income provider. Is that a big problem to solve? I would think so. Yeah, I think it's not the sexiest problem to solve. Right. It's maybe, and I say that in a meeting every once in a while. Um, this may not be the most exciting or the most sexy thing for us to talk about, but I know that if I'm sitting here and something were to happen to you and I'm talking to your family and your kids and they don't solve this, like we would regret ignoring this. I have a lot of other great, creative, exciting ideas. But just so you know, if we do work together, this is going to be something we solve really quick. Right, right. So I, I, my, the reason I bring it up is I think that there's the, the idea that you don't want to bring up a lot of small things because that's mm-hmm. not really going to maybe, number one, be that inspiring yep. that they want to take action on it. Um, and two, it doesn't really differentiate you from other advisors. But also yep. that sometimes the the solving a big problem is just like, hey, this is an urgent one. Like we need to we need to take care of that, yep. you know, and and – it's it's sort of like you're driving. I always think about this for the underinsured or uninsured. Mm-hmm. Is it's like driving on one of those mountain roads, and you're always literally one little turn mm-hmm. away from just major catastrophe. Versus yeah. like, no, let's put up a guardrail. Yep. It's a very different experience if you're ever driven down a road. Like, I don't know if your kids, you got young kids, and my kids are a little young too. Like, they'll look out the window because you're focused on the road. <laughs> They're right. like, uh, Dad. <laughs> Uh, the road's you? gone. Yeah, yeah there's no guardrail, right? And so it does become a big problem to That's solve. Right. But t- tell me more about how you position big problems. Because I think if you are just AUM and insurance, yep. that that you're kind of like, okay, but where do I where do I find these big problems to solve? Or how can I make it a big problem when it's really like, hey, you need to do these small things every day for the next 30 years? Yep. And that is that a big problem? Because I, I think be. I'm, I'm trying to get in the head of some yeah. people listening going, Stan, how do I solve a big problem? I just have these sort of two tools, which is, you know, yeah. AUM and insurance policies. Well, even if that's the only thing you can sell, you can still provide ideas that solve bigger problems for them. Good point. And if you meet with a prospect and they don't need investment management or in your mind, you're honestly looking and you're saying this current portfolio, because advisors, most of us have probably been in this situation at some time or another, it has done better than what mine has done. Every once in a while, I get a prospect. I get the statement. I'm like, wow, this is actually pretty good. I don't know if the, cl- the advisor did it on purpose or if they just lucked out. But I have to go back to that client and say, you know, this is actually looks pretty good. We have a different philosophy here. Some things we've done a little bit differently. The fees are pretty much comparable. I think over time, we can add a lot of value that our process would benefit you. But I can't go as far to say, like, this is garbage. Right. That wouldn't be accurate. And so I would be almost creating a problem there to solve if there's right. not one. Right. If they have good insurance, it's like, well, they've had term insurance for four or five years. I probably couldn't beat that rate because they were healthy when they got it. Like in the old days, I would have sat there and tried to manufacture a problem to solve. I think a lot of people are connecting with what you're talking about right now. I mean, I think a lot of people are going, man, I hope their last advisor is a bum, never (laughs) calls them. That's right. Put them in lousy stuff, you know, charges too much for this and this. And and that's one of the things you talk about is that people, um, you know, most people are going after this very small percentage of prospects that have a need, have time to meet, and then also are willing to make a decision, right? right. Um, And so what you're saying is the reason you want to, another reason you want to focus on big problems is that if all you have is, you know, 
someone else doing a poor job. Yep. That's not, I mean, like, what's your strategy to win? Play play against bad people. <laughs> That's right. right. I mean, that, okay, I guess. Yeah, what are those? those are the boxes that are like 30 and one. And then you look at their like opponents and they're like, oh, and seven. Right. It's their first fight. Yeah. I, I mean, that matters. If you are curious about your growing ability to recognize uh, problems, solve those problems, convince people they're better off with you, build a different kind of practice. Like the only way to do that is I've, I've gone toe to toe with great advisors and I win because they, they're not as dynamic. They, they don't have as much expertise in multiple areas. Right. Because the truth is everybody listening, it, the client, if it's purely off of AUM, there are some sophisticated clients out there, but to most clients, they're going to say, I like you. I trust you. I think you're offering me something different or you're identifying a new problem I've never heard of. And the assets in most of their mind is a commodity. Most clients couldn't say, oh, my, my advisor bought this much of this international right, fund and, right. and the, the, they can actually defend you to somebody else. If that client is caught at the right time and given extra value, there's a, there's a good chance they would consider moving. Yeah, you bring up a great point, which is that most people are not talking about their advisor most. I mean, I, I would... Unless probably, the market's down, then they do. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I mean, I, I would say, I don't know if this is accurate, probably a 90% of, 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 your, of clients out there are not talking about their advisor in the context of, oh, they're handling my assets better because that's just generally not how they view them. And they have no context. Like they right. don't know if, you know, their neighbor might be like, and this is another funny thing that most people do is your neighbors or friends usually only talk about the good things that have happened. Yeah. So when they say, oh, my account did this. Yeah. But they're not telling you about last year. It was down that much. So you get this like adverse selection of only good stories. Yeah. And so most clients don't know how to benchmark themselves. They may believe a story of like, wait, you're up 20. I'm down five. Like that must mean it's better. And they, they haven't seen a statement. They so don't the problem know. is that's not, and the point of this is that that's not a differentiator because mm -hmm. if. I remember this is a decade ago. I remember I made this online program and, and I was super excited. And it was like, you know, I, the first thing I did is I sent people five of my favorite book books. Mm -hmm. And I think I sold like 10 of these products and they were like a thousand dollars each. And I was super proud of myself. All five people responded to me and said, man, thanks so much for the books. You didn't have to do that. Like, the, <laughs> I, I had put in the sales process, like you get these five. I thought it was like, a big deal. Like, yep. oh, I'm going to get this product and I get these five books and all five of them were like, or 10 of them, whatever I sold, they were like, oh, thanks for the books. Like, they, they didn't buy that because of that. That wasn't the reason. And I think what's difficult as advisors, like, I, you know, we tell our advisors, like, the words basis points should not be used in a meeting. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, like, treat them like curse words. Like, you'd never drop that. In front. Yeah. Like, it's just not, people don't really genuinely care about that stuff. Yep. But what they care about it's big ideas, right. big problems being solved. Yep. So, And sometimes the idea of a, a big problem can seem small at first, but we teach our advisors to quantify and, and help them understand the long-term impact of a certain decision. And so if I say, hey, you know, if you do this this year, it's going to save you a 1000 But as you yep. continue to make this decision over time, it's going to turn into a $100,000 solve for you. And so where something may seem small at first – that doesn't mean long-term it can't have great impact. And so when you think about small things, and I want to challenge everybody listening for you to look in a mirror for yourself, like with my business, am I only focusing on small problems or am I trying to move big things? And as you start thinking about that, because that's the way I approach my business, I can't help but do that in meetings with clients now. Yeah, Because I couldn't be over here thinking big and kind of being intolerant of small busy work. 
and then get in a meeting with a client and sit there and listen to them yeah. talk in circles and not make any change. Here's, here's, a, here's, I hope, a helpful analogy. I know that we are very, very, very blessed to one, just work with each other. Yeah. But the other is we, we get to work around other advisors who are like, whoa, that's, that's a big idea, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you know, Vicky, that's a great, like, that's a, well, I never heard of it. Like stuff that kind of is like, wow, that's a big. No. And then if you go from that and you go from those big conversations and then you go to this like little petty stuff of like, do you like this color of blue on my website? <laughs> yeah. And my point is it's, you only notice it when you get out of it and you're around people that are talking about big ideas and yep. sharing big ideas and are abundantly generous and they're like, well, this is really different mm. versus you get into the, well, I call it rearranging the furniture. Yeah. It's like some people are like, I'm going to buy a house in the country and I'm going to homestead and I'm going to raise my own pigs and make my own bacon, da, da, da. And other people are like, um, let's just move the chair from that corner room to the other corner room. Like both are sort of changing their living environments but yeah. one is just rearranging the furniture you're not really making a change yeah. and so you want to we're not saying implode or you know re, re change everything in your practice or your business but go try to make big changes yeah right and i think some good indicators are, are ask yourself this question sit down quietly for 15 minutes am i getting client complaints are my are clients saying, "Hey, I really don't like your process of onboarding." And so, if you're considering making a change, if if you're saying, "Where should I be spending my time and energy?" and you audit kind of what you're thinking about on a daily basis, yeah. my guess from working with a lot of advisors, even just the national stats of, I think the average advisor client retention rate is like ninety percent. Yet most clients distrust their advisor to act in their best interest. Yeah, to me that says, okay, even advisors that aren't doing a good job are somehow keeping clients. Right. And so for us in our community, because we feel like our process and what we deliver is elite and different yeah with my team at legacy i say our goal is to help more people if along the way we tweak our process that's great but if we have multiple team meetings what we're talking about is changing the format of an intake form or updating a website color or i'm like guys we're just creating busy work yeah we have to be so almost and again i like the word intolerant of things that are distracting us from somebody needs our help they don't know about us yet how do we how do we find them Another big issue you're going to find is if you're dealing with small ideas, you're going to have a smaller number of referrals because right. it's just not that exciting. Again, it's, it'll be happenstance. It'll be somebody somewhere and yeah. it comes up and they can't help but give it an introduction. And that's why the average advisor, like your introductions aren't pre-qualified. They don't happen very often and, and you're frustrated because you're leaving it up to just hope. Yeah. I think about something happened recently. Um, I think the stats about, um, I think it was Instagram and Facebook and companies like that. It took them, I'm trying to remember how long this was, but I think it was either six months or a year to get like their first million users mm -hmm. and chat GPT did it in like four days. <laughs> yeah. And, and the idea is, um, like having pictures on an app was not that revolutionary of a big problem for people. Eventually yeah. Instagram has grown and, yeah. you know, Facebook bought them, so on and so forth. But, but chat GPT, for those who don't know about it, I mean, it's basically, it's like an AI artificial intelligence that will kind of talk to you as you type back and forth and create content, things like that. Like that's solving a big problem. Oh, yeah. And so these people are very excited about it. It's going to grow. It's going to be talked about. I mean, it's yeah. literally been talked about for the last two, three months in tech and just, and, and it, it's, it's how can I be like that? Yeah. How can I not be? Oh, I'm just like I'm just like MySpace, but it's like cooler. That's right. right? <laughs> um, yeah, it's, that's a, that's a tweak. And I think most advisors in our business, 
And I spent a lot of time at conferences where we're like, okay, this is what your email format needs to look like. And hey, when you're on a cold call, say it this way. And st- like, we're just all tweaking a broken process. Yeah. As opposed to saying, I'm going to, I'm going to think bigger. I'm going to do something uncomfortable yeah. to separate myself. And I would encourage those as we talk about small problems and big problems and, and, and really leaning into what we teach, which are, you know, how to charge for your advice, values-based prospecting, those things are going to, and I would say this literally, like make your head hurt. And and by that, I mean that you're going to have to build new ways of thinking yeah. and considering. And, and, and it will be difficult. And I would say that's a sign that you're doing a great job. Yeah, It's a sign that you're, like wow, there's a there's some resistance. I want to go back to the old way. Uh, that's that's normal because you're creating a new path and a new way of doing things. Yep. And what I would submit is that that's when when you're pushing when you're finding resistance to something. Generally, it's because that not very many people are willing to go there. That's right. And so when you're talking about big problems and you're like, man, what? Are, how can I find those big problems? Like that's why we have a community of advisors. Yep. That we're all about sharing those big ideas. Yep. We're all about sharing those big cases. I mean, I'm just I just think back to the 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 office of advisors that came to our event and you know, we keep hearing from them and they're just crushing it. Yeah. Right. And I know there's others, but this this office in, in, in particular, their leader brought them and said, Listen, I, I'm like eighty percent of our planning fees. Like this one out of the six advisors, like I am, mm-hmm. you know, you know. I'm 15% of our team, but I'm 80 to 90% of our fees. Like that's mm-hmm. not going to be very sustainable. Yep. And then they leave and they're solving this big problem. They're, 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 they're getting bigger fees because they're solving bigger problems. Yep. They're having different kinds of conversations. And really it was just deciding yeah, they, I'm not going to keep playing it. in the sandbox anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put my big boy pants on and go out there and make something big. Yep. So I want to ask you, when you talk about small ideas, big ideas, yep. let's give them something really practical. Uh, is it a matter of they need to go out and just go get more ideas? They have to go to the COIs or idea partners, as we call them, and say, get get out of your office, mm-hmm. go meet with some experts, get more ideas. Is that a good first step? I think the first step is learning how to just communicate the same thing better. So, for example, when we talk about quantifying the value of ideas, if someone says, hey, you need this insurance policy, well, why? Well, currently you fall short. If something were to happen to you, your family would need X amount of dollars to live. If you don't get this policy and don't have it in place, instead of them having six to $7,000 a month to live, they might have three. Over 10 years, that's $4,000 a month. That's over half a million dollars of income. Lot. All of a sudden, you've, you've used a big number. You had to walk them there. Right. But instead of saying, hey, it's, I'm talking in thousands of dollars, I'm going to stretch this out. And, may, and show you that over time, it's an even bigger problem. And I, and I think about that conversation of, hey, this is a half a million dollar, this is a million dollar, this is a $2 million problem mm-hmm. versus this. Well, let's see, this one's $28 a month and this <laughs> one's $48 right. a month. And this one's, it's like, we're, you're looking at the wrong number. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And those and, things are important to the client. You know, somebody $50 a month, $100 a month, that, that's meaningful. But what we know, advisors from working with clients, a lot of times it's not enough for them to take action. Meaning, while it's something they'll think about because every dollar is important, it's not big enough for them to make it a priority. That's the gap we need to jump. Is not to minimize, you know, how much money on a monthly basis is a lot to somebody, but realizing whether it's fifty dollars a month or even four thousand dollars a month for some people, depending on their situation, is it enough for them to see the urgency and take action? Yeah, and that's our job. So the way you said that is the way I think it's good good to wrap up with this is that 
is it again? I I I think there's something just healthy about capitalism, and you don't blame the company. You don't blame the consumer. You blame the company mm-hmm. if there's a problem. Like, oh, these people just don't understand me. Okay, well, you're not explaining yourself <laughs> well right. enough, right? Is that it's your job as an advisor to make it a big enough problem that they're going to take action? Yep. And so I was talking to an advisor yesterday uh, on the phone, and he said, you know, I, I I gave a planning, I gave a plan to someone, and they didn't they didn't they didn't take it. And my my reaction was, hey, Eric, what could you have done better? Period. I didn't ask anything about the <laughs> yeah. client because it's like he's like, I just don't think I quantified it well enough. I just I just I talked about, it, I gave him lots of options, but it was like six things instead of like these like the bigger numbers. Yep. And so again, if you're frustrated and you're not either getting referrals or you're not, you know, getting prospects to say yes, mm-hmm. I think we have to look ourselves in the mirror and to say, I'm just not making the problem big enough. I'm not right. clearly communicating that well enough. And so, Stan, I think that's a great place to start is just do a better job of explaining the problem so that it inspires people to take action. Yep. And we know this to be true because, one, it's in my practice. My conversion rate spiked when I got better at this. But also in our community, when people learn this, like firsthand, we're not saying, hey, this will probably work. Like we know this will work. And so if you are frustrated, if you don't feel like people are saying yes, like the que- I, I can guarantee you the question is not is the client, it's it's you. Yeah, because we know if you change that and you do the stuff that we tell people to do, it works every time. And here's the great news, Len, with this, is that if the problem is you, that's good because <laughs> yeah. you actually have control over you. Yeah. If it's just consumer behavior and consumers, that the economy, you know, whoever's the president, like you could blame all those external things. But if the problem is you, yeah. I'm like, good. Now I, now I have power to change that. It's just a matter of are you going to change it or not. And so that's that's what we hope this show is helping you do. That's mm-hmm. what we know our community is helping people do in our live events. And so our encouragement is go solve big problems for people and for your business also as well, and, uh, and you'll grow. Hey, friend, if this episode got you excited about charging for your advice using these big ideas, then you need to attend our How to Charge Live event in May of 2023 at our offices just outside of Nashville, Tennessee. You need to go to stenmorgan.com slash how to live right now to register. And if you register before March 17th, you can save $1,000 on registration, which also includes two months of virtual coaching after the event. Again, visit stenmorgan.com slash how to live to get in on that deal. And hey, if you've left us a review on iTunes or some stars on Spotify, thanks for doing that. If you haven't, just know that we forgive you, but please take care of that today. So you don't have to carry around that guilt anymore. I know it's probably weighing heavy on you. So until next time, be elite.